So what I usually do once I record an episode is I ask the guests to send me a small description of themselves so that I can use it to give their introduction. When I asked Shruti for a description of herself, all she said was Shruti is an undergraduate student pursuing political science and she writes on politics. I was like, okay, uh, I need a bit more to go on, but uh, that's all she gave me with, all right? That's all she gave me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to provide this myself now. And uh, I thought what would probably be the best way to give Shruti's introduction would probably be to give a background on why I asked her to come on the show. So during 2020, I went around reading a lot of articles regarding politics, economics, social issues, and an entire lot, all right? And I was very disappointed by the majority of the articles that I read. Maybe I must have been looking at the wrong places for such articles or whatever, but uh, I doubt it because these were like amongst the biggest names in the media industry. I was looking at these particular sites. Um, but then I came across this article which Shruti had written. I did not know who Shruti was then, of course. I had came across this article on this website called Standpoint India. And uh, apparently the author was a young political science student. So I was like, okay, I'm interested. Let me give this a read. And then I did not understand 85 to 90% of what was there. Uh, and whatever 10 to 15% I did understand, I, w I just understood the overall gist of it. I wasn't aware of the specifics. And I was just like... I need to meet this person. I need to have a conversation with whoever wrote this. And I don't know what you would call it. You'd call it destiny, fate, luck, whatever it is. Shruti followed me on Instagram herself. I now know who this person is. And I checked out her profile. I checked out her tweets. Several of them were just like, you know, mind-blowingly accurate. Like they, like, you know, you they put a finger on things that it's very difficult to put a finger on. That's how, that's how good they were. And I was just like, I need to have her on my show. So I just sent her a DM and she agreed to come on the show. And we had a couple of conversations before recording this back in March. And what those conversations have done is they've actually changed the way I think about a few things. All right. Like they've, they've sort of refined my thinking in a particular way. She'll be here on the other side of the intro. Stay tuned. You're going to enjoy this one. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. I mean, uh, to be very honest, this is the first time before I start a podcast. I have no clue about um, whether I am aware <laughs> enough to ask certain questions, whether I, I am of sufficient, you know, pedigree to ask certain things. And why just treat me like common people. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's, I'm just going to ask you casually as a friend. So don't worry about that. But it's just that feeling I have, right? So for all my previous episodes i've like you know felt like okay i i can talk about this to a certain extent but still um anyway uh thank you so much for doing this shruti like i said my first I question calling me yeah yeah um my first question to you is gonna be this why political science of all things um because you were you were a pcmb student like you told me right what what made you switch suddenly to political science so let me just give a background of uh, myself. So I was a, I have always been an avid uh, observer of uh, politics since uh, I think my ninth grade. Right. Uh, I used to observe politics a lot. I used to read uh, newspapers. I used to look out for current happenings. 
and uh, but i always uh, but i never thought i would go into uh, uh, take i would uh, start taking uh, political science as a subject uh, but then i was start seeing that as a subject i was a biomass student in my 11th and 12th grade but i think the the actual shift happened in my 12th grade when i decided that a uh, lot of people are into science they're into engineering they're into medicine so let's do something differently since we are already interested in the field why don't we uh, work in uh, policy uh, uh, policy area uh, why don't we work in uh, the humanities uh, domain so that's when the it was a very sudden shift that happened so yeah wow okay um here's here's i'm going to tell you what attracted me to you first okay technically so Uh, I remember coming across one of the articles you written for Standpoint India, I think, uh, and I was immediately like, "Wow, this author is incredibly well read," and because I I I didn't understand uh, most of the things in that article, that's why I knew you were incredibly well read. Not because I understood it, but because I didn't have any clue about what this is even about. So, um, and then obviously a while back, I think you started following me on Instagram, and I immediately knew I knew who you were. I knew you were the article from the Standpoint thing. Um, <laughs> and then so i you know i did it whenever someone follows me i usually go through that profile you know uh, so mm-hmm. i'm like okay who's who's followed me now and uh, when i saw your uh, instagram the highlights thing on the instagram i came across this very very interesting tweet okay i'm i'm, I'm not even kidding it 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 blew my mind away it was this it is the it is the tweet which said this um, want to break a civilization make men feel ashamed of themselves their masculinity and weaken them make the women ashamed of their femininity and turn them vengeful in short make humans hate their very own existence a self destructive process of killing a civilization that that this this tweet you know it was it was like i don't know how to say this um as someone as someone like you know who's uh, who's thought about you know uh gender equality and all those things for a lot of like i put a lot of thought into certain these kind of you know thoughts or whatever it is and i was just blown away by how i'm i'm still struggling to find a word of it but how perfectly this probably described what's happening in our world today so what motivated you to tweet this actually like what what caused you to tweet this all of a sudden first of all thank you for the compliment uh so there was this ongoing debate uh, at that time uh when there was a debate about whether uh, you know the typical uh, <coughs> narrative on uh, uh this uh, the gender uh, things that are happening in the us and slowly this is also you know people have started talking about it uh, even in country where um uh like the, the the particular discussion on that day was uh, whether uh, women uh, in households should uh, start getting half the uh, uh, salary from their husbands so this was the conversation that i saw on uh, tv and i saw most of the people sitting on the in the discussion room uh, supporting the motion a uh, very vengeful they were uh, like you know we have been uh, oppressed for centuries so this was the one side of argument and right. there was this other side that also spoke about um, how uh, you know gender is a uh, you know it's a social construct and it actually does not exist. so these were uh, sort of conversations that took place that day 
and i think that is what um, triggered me to post this because i felt uh, people have started hating their very own uh, identity of who they are and this is a very uh, strategic uh, example of how to break a society break a civilization to be very precise so wait wait so this was the debate where i was saying that you know the um, uh, whether the husband should give half his salary to the wife right like uh, and I- So if it's half, uh, a part of the salary should be transferred to their uh, wives. Um, but I okay, I don't understand the reason for this because isn't this actually going to actually go against the feminist cause itself of making women independent? Because isn't this gonna, uh, you know, how do I say? It's gonna be counterproductive to the notion that women need to be financially independent, right? Because yeah, first of all, I mean, very argument, um, you know, uh, undermines what a woman is capable of. right uh secondly also i think uh, if, if, if because we all come from a family background we see how our parents work and uh, so it definitely uh, as a woman myself i felt like this statement of saying that uh, a husband should transfer little bit of his salary i felt like uh, you know my, uh, somebody is undermining what a woman is capable of and as you said it uh, is self defeating Uh, the very call with the very uh, statements that uh, feminists have been making so far so for right. all reasons uh, i felt this is a very wrong example we are setting uh, for the next generation in the country and this conversation about gender being seen so as a social construct one day and the next day the same argument becoming um, you know with the uh, same arguments made using gender like so and so it belongs right. to this gender and we need to support so both of these are contrasting statements and hence i uh, it triggered me to put that yes right i mean um, and if i'm being very honest when i went through your you know twitter feed after this i was just like this is this is this is like my thoughts which i am unable to express in words like several of whatever you put most of it i can't understand i have no clue of what it is because if i'm being frank i'm not uh, after looking at your profile i am i realized that i'm not even half as well read as i thought i was all right so i mean the amount of knowledge i in uh, your instagram profile itself the number of books over there I mean, so but whatever i could understand it was it was it is exactly my thoughts which i struggled to express like you know i don't know how how do i put a word on this how do i put a finger on this and um i i i can tell that from past experience that uh, the way you're thinking seems like the way a science student thinks in the sense that you know mm-hmm. your the way you structure your points it's like how we structure points in our science answers in school you start at what is the base and then you gradually build up towards like you know the peak of what the answer is like you 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 pin it down on one point it's like a give reason or justification answer that we have in science um and now you're a political science student of course and um i may be wrong when i say this but i feel there's a lack of this particular nuance or this particular way of looking at things the analytical point of view when you are looking at politics in our country today of course i may be wrong about this i'm i i'm i don't have any you know background on this particular topic or area but what are your thoughts on this as a political science student do you believe that there's a lack of nuance it's become more about um one side versus the other instead of looking at things and uh thinking about it with a lot of you know analysis with a lot of critique trying to pick which side is right in this case rather than picking a side which is uh, picking a side and then you know trying to justify 
uh, or go against the policy because you've already picked that side. I I hope I make myself clear. I'm not I'm not very sure if I've made myself clear in this question. So yes, yes, I absolutely get your question. Uh, so to start with, um, the first thing that I find missing uh, among uh, youngsters of uh, uh, youngsters of today is this lack of uh, investment um, in reading. Uh, not just right. reading, uh, short articles. You know, you know it, that takes a fraction of seconds or you know, a fraction of minutes. Sorry, uh, but this long reading where you invest days into reading a particular book or um, investing some amount of uh, time in going through a long research, uh, I think this right. is lacking among uh, youngsters of today, which is very problematic because once. that is gone when we don't really uh, rely upon um instagram post of course i'm not against instagram post but if that is becoming if that is going to become our only source of knowledge short articles or short uh, tweets if that's going to become our source of knowledge then we will lack nuance in how we express and uh, that will also that is also uh, going to become a huge problem uh we're going to see a lot of polarization of views where there is no middle ground and people are going to talk about uh, things from a preconceived notion of an uh, of an issue they don't they will not start analyzing issue based on uh, what the issue is but they will take a predetermined stand and from that they will start analyzing the issue which is which is it's a very big problem because we will uh, start losing um Uh, we will have debates that are polarized we will have debates that are fought on ideology alone no issue based understanding which we are already seeing in the country today uh, everything every issue today is now an issue of ideology um, people don't see it as an uh, uh, as a problem or uh, people don't really take time to understand what the issue is and speak it from uh, from the point of what the issue is so this is uh, definitely problematic and i think the all of this starts from a lack of uh, investment in um, reading uh, and right. uh, that will like if that is missing that will imply in uh, uh, that will get reflected as uh, lack of uh, analysis lack of deeper thinking um, people will just uh, go for short readings and uh, just uh, uh, very uh, random posts they will not uh, go deeper and think about issues so this will definitely be a problem uh, for the upcoming uh, generation right i i i agree 100% with what you said i'm not even joking i even i strongly believe that you know lack of reading is one of the biggest if not the one and only reason for this like you know um and i'll tell you what made me think about this because i remember uh, you know during lockdown we had uh, there was a lot of incidents which happened in lockdown right which was talked about a lot um yes. particularly with politics in our country uh, for, but let's forget politics for that matter let's talk about science related issues itself you know covid 19 came about so obviously there's a lot of talk about viruses and all that and i as a class 12 biology student right i mm-hmm. obviously have a decent amount of understanding of how a virus is or how a disease is transmitted or whatever not be expert level mm-hmm. but at least to a certain level and i saw you know to Uh, posts on Instagram, where you swipe, right? You have five, six slides, and you swipe for information and all. I yeah. saw some of those posts explaining the COVID nineteen, uh, you know, the situation or whatever it is, and I 
I spotted so many errors in those posts. Uh, and that's that's only because i've read so much of you know i read my class 11 and 12 biology textbook with reading that i was able to spot so many errors so i was just like imagine if a researcher of covid-19 is reading this and i mean they'll just lose hope in the entire you know search for a vaccine i realized that it was that it was that horribly you know incorrect and i was mm-hmm. just thinking you know uh, people in the comments are actually praising this sort of thing they're like oh this mm-hmm. is very informative thank you for the post whatever it is and i was mm-hmm. i was genuinely surprised and i realized that it's probably because those you know those four five lines of it the way they write it out it seems so believable people don't stop to think and they're just happy that they have ha- have those you know four or five line uh lines of information like mm-hmm. they are satisfied with that and it was it was very shocking and you have this and now now let's talk about politics when it comes this is about science but when it comes to politics when you have these four or five lines of information like you mm-hmm. said it's it's not enough because you you need to understand the background you need to understand you know the history you need to understand the nuance involved in every single issue related with uh, politics and especially i did a podcast with uh, shriman visahan so he's he's someone who started like a bunch he's been a part of a bunch of these you know social media companies and all that so mm-hmm. he he is seen at it from both the producer and the consumer point of view so he uh, he told that you know given how social media is right now and you have so much news and as we spoke about you know the constant bombardment of news on your feed like you have in the span of 60 seconds you see like 10 posts mm. and as you keep scrolling those posts get concentrated to reflect a particular ideology or reflect your particular bias so he commented saying that um you know social media should kind of be like bitcoin in the sense that it should be open source and free for all and it should not be guided by the algorithms which force people to go towards one particular ideology now mm. sadly that's not the case it is mm. going to be concentrated it is going to give you misinformation what do you think is a possible method by which you can prevent this someone can wake up and realize how how do they get the facts if they are going to be relying on social media what do you think is a way out So now, since we're talking about social media, I think already now there is enough noise uh, again in the same social media platform that there is a sort of um, uh, monopoly or there's a sort of um, uh, uh, a single voice that is controlling how uh, the algorithm should work in social media. There is um, uh, uh, there is a sort of centralization that is uh, now prevalent uh, among these uh, few platforms, a few very prominent platforms that most people. Uh, use um, and this particular centralized uh, sort of uh, command that uh, you know forces a particular um, a narrative or uh, it, you know the algorithms are such that only one voice gets uh, 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 widely seen. I think this has already started making enough noise, especially with the recent U.S. elections and also in India, and that is why we uh, saw this Who uh, app uh, becoming very famous. A uh, lot right, of people right. opened their uh, accounts in the Kuwa app uh, so i think there is uh, and even rajiv malhotra has uh, recently released his uh, book on uh, artificial intelligence and how that is going to be the new warfare um in the upcoming years right. so wars are not going to be fought like the world war ones and twos with soldiers on the battlegrounds but it's going to be all uh, intelligence artificial intelligence even uh, which uh, china and us are hugely invested in it but india has a long way to go so 
uh, but uh, there's a long road in this way. You go up, you were not able to use it conveniently as Twitter. So I think with social media, that's a pro- uh, platform. But thankfully, we have alternate, uh, 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 you know, alternative uh, channels today, like Instagram. We have uh, YouTube. Where a lot of people uh, with diverse uh, ideology, with diverse perspectives, are coming out, voicing out. So these alternative channels should be encouraged. Uh, right. But but all of this is going to be, uh, you know, it, it, it should only be treated as a secondary source of uh, knowledge bank. The first thing should come through our own research. Uh, maybe all these channels can act as uh, uh, our inspiration for, uh, to get, uh, you know, our inspiration to read something. But I think we need to do our own research and uh, there should also be a balance of uh, opinions on um, all platforms uh, so I think that is also something that uh, even the government is uh, responsible to ensure that uh, there is no monopoly of voice in the country. And right. also it's our responsibility as uh, citizens to ensure that uh, we are very balanced uh, in what we listen and we also uh, we are also responsible for what we express on our uh, social media. We should not go on uh, you know, giving fake uh, news. So it's also important, there's also responsibility on our side that we listen from both the sides. So the responsibility lies on uh, the social media um, social media companies, the huge giants. Uh, this responsibility also lies with the government and also with people like us. Right. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, but my previous answers may have been kind of very long. They may have been kind of very this thing because, you know, some, sometimes I find it very hard to like, you know, express. So I have to tell what was my thought process, what made me realize this. I just, I just talk about all that, you know, so that I get the words out because I find it very hard sometimes to, you know, put the weight mm-hmm. behind a particular question uh, for lack of a better word, I'm calling it that way. But my next question to you is going to be very, very short. It's mm-hmm. because of something you said, you said citizens or whatever should be responsible as well. Now that's a very yes. rare line I see coming across these days because everyone's talking about rights. No one talks about, you know, your duties mm-hmm. or your responsibilities or whatever. What hmm. is the reason for that? Why? Because you're a political censor and I'm asking you because, you know, in our civics textbook, I clearly remember there's a paragraph which said the fundamental rights of citizens are so and so and so and the fundamental duties of citizens are also so and so and so. But people rarely talk about the second part. Why do they not talk about duties? Why don't they talk about, you know, what is your responsibility as a citizen? Because uh, let's take any political controversy that comes up, right? People just talk hmm. about these rights are being violated. These things are being done. These, those things are being done, whatever it is. But I don't mm. see them following their duty. You know, many of them are horribly misinformed. They don't read primary sources. They don't read the actual document itself. They go by what some social media influencer or some news page says. And that's what they, and that's what they go only by the headline. They don't even bother reading the rest of the article. Uh, and so they don't, they are not following their own duties, but they are actively campaigning for rights. Why is this mm. happened? Uh, what can be done to change this? Because I feel this should be changed. I feel your duty comes first, then followed mm-hmm. by your rights. Because unless you are doing your duty as a citizen, you cannot ask for those rights to come upon you. That's that's the first step. Your first step should be, you know, be a, a responsible citizen. Only then can you ask for your rights as a citizen. So how do you think you can change this? What do you think is the reason behind this rights first? Duty, uh, we'll see if it comes, we'll see if, you know, we have to follow it or not. Yes. So first of all, I'll answer the reason. So by the end of, I think, 20th century, uh, media started playing a very huge role uh, in every democracy across uh, the globe. 
ஒரு one thing that will all of them look for is as far as media is concerned they'll have to go with sensationalism so i put a calcy i'm a i own a newspaper uh, company and i put a fancy headline uh, very you know that captures uh, people's eyes immediately it will uh, create sensationalism it will it will gather uh, more views it'll, more people will buy more people look at my newspaper if it's a today with uh, i think uh, tv news channel uh, debate rooms catchy headlines uh, always um, give more uh, uh, you know gather more people to watch uh, watch right. them so this sensationalism is actually a problem so this sensationalism you normally when does sensationalism come when we when we show that you know somebody is suffering their rights are taken away so of course so the usual narratives are built uh, by media when you know by saying that you know by concentrating on uh, things like you know his rights are taken away and if it's an opposition party of course they also make a play a very important role that again the, all the, the talks in uh, talks that are represented in media uh, by opposition parties by uh, interested uh, players or all are, you know they revolve around rights because there are not much people to listen to you know do your duty nobody likes uh, to listen to that particular part but when you look right. at indian civilization we are uh, the, the most important word has been dharma do your dharma do your right duty. right when you do your duty what happens is you essentially make sure that the right of somebody else is not disturbed or is not taken away in that right. way it's a new it's a new, you don't even need a central authority to take care of something i do my duty in that process i ensure somebody else's right is protected similarly the same the other person will do that to me so in this this way everybody is taken care of in some way and you don't need a central authority to impose something so this whole concept of right based uh, democracy i think it's uh, it, it's a very uh, restricted it's a very uh, it, it won't it always will have some problem because somebody's right may get represented through media channels but somebody else's voice somebody else's rights being denied won't get enough representation which we see of course in countries like pakistan in iran where lot of people don't really um, there are their rights are being um, violated and we don't see that being represented enough so there's always a problem with this so it's it's, it's more of um, it should be a people's movement too so now elections are coming in tamil nadu so so many of us are, you know the government does not do this does not do that but how many of us are going to exercise our fundamental duty to go and vote so it's something that should be a people's movement to start you know bringing this awareness about how important a duty is it cannot come through the media it it, it cannot come through the it's not it cannot come through but uh, sensational news will always capture the headlines and this will always go to the second page the third page. so i think as uh, citizens it's going to it should be a people's movement to start educating ourselves about the importance of what our duties are right right um i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to concentrate on two parts of your answer right now what you just said i'll concentrate on one part for now um you said about you know um 
sensationalism that's what the media is focusing on and i think a lot of us can agree that tv news is a thing of the past nobody relies on it anymore everyone's realized that you know almost all because i can't say all definitely there may still be some channel which i'm not aware about that is still you know dedicated to actual news reporting but almost all the big players have you know uh, become all about trps it's become it's become a game of trps so people are shifting to social media as a result of this um and like we already discussed right that's 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 the wrong way to go about it what's the solution here what is the right way to give people the news what 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 because i frankly if you ask me um i would say ban reporting across all forms except newspapers and i'll tell you why i i think that way because i remember as a kid i used to quiz a lot as an active quizzer i had to read the newspapers every day so i used to spend like you know in the morning i'll first read the sports news a big uh, sports fan of course so but then the moment i used to come back from school right i'll take the newspaper to my room and i'll read it whenever i get time and i'll read the almost the entire paper uh, every day uh, so you know except for a few things which i which may not interest me like you know entertainment and all that i may i'll read almost the entire paper so as a result of this you know even if a particular article was biased or whatever like you said it is because of me reading it on my own i was still able to analyze and critique it independently um what is your way forward what do you think is a solution for this like what what how should the new media be in an ideal world in an ideal world um uh, how would it be like what sort of form would it be uh well um i wouldn't go for uh, you know restricting or banning something i would uh, i would uh, uh you know because media tv channels today the newsrooms are you know very polarized so we obviously know what uh, you know which channel if i open which channel uh, i know what uh, narrative i will get from it so that's the kind of polarization that's there in the country and uh, it's not just in india we know you know uh, of course most of us would have been uh, following the uh, us presidential uh, elections a few months back and we've seen how you know we know what a channel stands for so that's how newsrooms have become today but that's how media channels have become today uh, but i wouldn't really go for uh, banning or restricting something i don't think that a government should do it um uh because uh, that would essentially you know somehow uh, the market will thrive in another form we don't know what right. that would be so um um how i would view this is um i think uh, it it so today the problem really is today like everything you know you read funds right so today there is a big huge media channel that say there's a huge media channel it of course needs capital it needs funding for to uh, you know to uh, to uh, compete with the others for right. that they will look for investment from interested players and interested players come with their own uh, you know of course they will have their own interest which has to be complied with you know when they um, when they put in their money when they give capital to a media house so um, every media house has investment from players from private players who have their own vested interest so uh, today um, there is actually in my humble opinion there is no answer as to how a media can be neutral or unbiased or we can just hear views without any narrative setting uh, that's uh, that seems really uh, impossible 
considering the kind of market uh, media is today, uh, media houses today are. Um, but I think people should again. I would stress on the fact, you know, it's going. It has to be people uh, who will, uh, because um, you know, a very good example was the Sushant Singh Rajput case, which happened. I, I, that's a recent example that I can quote, where many of the uh, rules that has to be that have to be followed uh, when reporting a suicide uh, case were flouted by almost all the media channels for their own. Uh, interests for their own PRP uh, increase for their own uh, for their own promotion. So many of the actual rules that have to be followed when reporting a suicide uh, a case. In fact, it's very interesting that the body of a person who has committed suicide should not even be posted. It is the it is a it's it's a standard journalism uh, 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 you know uh, rule that has to be uh, followed by everyone. In the media, in right. the media field, but that was, you know, we saw how that was being. Uh, nobody followed that. You know, pictures were posted, and uh, many of the uh, things that should not be said openly in the public were all uh, revealed. So the thing is, I don't think anything can be done with that. But stricter, the government should make sure that there are strict rules and that will have to be complied with. That is one thing. Secondly, I think we, you know, we as citizens, we look at it and feel like, okay. So this is um, there is you know, some. This is not really uh, the the role of a media. They have gone beyond that. They are setting a narrative, and this has to be questioned. I think we need to write to the editor. We need to voice out. Uh, uh, there are social media platforms today, so we can voice out there. We can uh, we can write an open letter to the editor saying, you know, uh, we look for better standards of journalism. So. I think people should start coming forward and doing that because I personally uh, see a lot of people, especially youngsters, who are really fed up. Just like how you express your, uh, uh, you know, uh, your frustration with what media houses are doing today. There are a lot of people. I think we need to take the step forward and you know, um, uh, and uh, start uh, expressing it uh, in a very uh, in a proper uh, through a proper communication to the people uh, concerned. So yeah, so this should be uh, these these two are uh, the only possible um, ways that I see uh, to have better standards of journalism. Right. So uh, reason why I went for the banning is because of the you know the obvious bias of certain platforms. You know they they uh, uh, certain social media platforms to be honest, and you know they push for one particular side. Because I'm in. If you ask me, I'm actually for absolute free speech. absolute free speech mm-hmm. all right no restriction at all because let ideas compete let opinions compete let uh mm. let people's thoughts compete because ultimately you know it's it's like the uh, it's it's like you know the it's survival of the fittest in its in its essentiality yeah. you know humanity will decide you know which ideas it wants to follow which ideas it wants to believe in which ideas it wants to propagate but my, the only reason why i am for uh the banning or you know restriction of certain sites would be because of the obvious bias which does not make it a fair game for everyone involved so i think that's how we see a coup app right now right so people yeah, are definitely they're fed up with uh, you know we saw a lot of handles who don't belong to a particular uh, uh, stream of thought getting banned on um, some platforms that i don't wish to mention so we right, saw right. how you know This this co op that you know, but the thing is, we need more people coming forward. We need more but, uh, people but, in the tech field to come forward, 
and build such platforms and end this monopoly is actually imagine sure. you know 30 years back uh most of these media channels that we see today were actually very very uh, really good platforms they did like for example the arab spring thing uh, arab spring issue was brilliantly reported the uh, the vietnam war thing also was brilliantly the pictures everything had there not been the media's role today we would not be having those pictures those reporting uh, you know uh, those, those those information today so it did play a very important role but actually with time how everything else needs a, a, a renewal similarly uh, journalism uh, the standards of journalism need to be reviewed so this is how i would look at it right right but but uh, but like you said you no know, the coup app has come out recently and it's quite evidently towards a particular political leaning uh, i mean many many of the people advocating for its use are of a particular political leaning that's and yes, obviously and obviously no and obviously it's because of as a sort of response mechanism towards the actions of some other you know social media site uh, but isn't this going to mm. just put people into their own echo chambers you have one echo chamber for one political side you have another one for the other side so you don't see any interaction you don't the ideas aren't competing again they're just bouncing off the walls of one particular echo chamber and remaining there how does this uh, so how does you know multiple because i don't see how this solves the issue of um, you know Uh, a fair game so to call it in when it comes to social media because if it, it's not mm. about even if we have just one platform which has mm. absolute free speech and where the algorithms don't manipulate uh, you know posts of a particular political ideology it's going to be fair we don't need multiple ones because if you ask me personally uh, even uh, i'm not for uh, the new apps springing up if they are just going to you know have a particular political leaning again because you are again well, going to just further polarize people you're just going to keep them there so no, i mean no when you just okay to see uh, the giant uh, social media platforms that we see today right see so the moment somebody becomes giant when they have a huge presence right it's it's actually not a good example of free market uh, system Like even social media, it's good to have. So when when you let markets to play for themselves, today we have let's say now who dominates. We all know who dominates the social media uh, platform. Right, right, right. We do. So we do. So this is a problem. We don't want monopoly of certain giants to capture space. If there is right. real free market, free uh, market system, we should allow the others to come. But what will happen is markets will take care of themselves because everybody will look at. Uh, attracting people to their side not just right. because they would want people to lose for a very good example was whatsapp now when whatsapp came up with their new guidelines saying that their information will get shared automatically with facebook lot of people switched on to telegram right immediately right. whatsapp could not could not they cannot keep silent because they're losing a lot of people they may retain people uh, some people but of course losing a lot of people immediately you should have seen that you know there was a that automated whatsapp status that appeared on all of our, all our whatsapp screens right 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 yeah so this is what happens so today twitter definitely they are losing a lot of people in india they cannot afford to lose it that's why i said markets will take care of themselves this is how markets work but for markets to work we don't want monopoly because that is a that is a very idea which free market system is against right. we don't want monopoly Giants. We need lot of 
platforms to survive. And when that happens, when there's competition, uh, markets will take care of themselves. But when there's a central sort of work now, because what is the problem? Because uh, when Twitter, uh, the, 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 the giants that are there, they think they're the only ones and they can play however they want. Now they have to compete against someone else, right? So right. this so, is what I'm all for free market system. Right, right. So, so what you're saying is essentially that the existence of multiple platforms will force every single platform to play a neutral game. Yeah, they'll have a competition there. Like, right. like we saw people threaten Twitter saying, no, we're not going to stay on your platform. We're leaving to some other platform. We saw the same happen with WhatsApp. People left to Telegram. People didn't even, there were people who never heard of Telegram. And they started, you know, they downloaded the app and they were using it. So, and of course, the the, 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 the media, uh, the, the social media giants cannot keep silent. They will have to do something to ensure that people come back to them. They cannot lose people. Right. Um, now, there's another point which you said a while back. We said, I, I don't know why I told you I wanted to capture two points of your answer. You said something about um, in the Indian civilization, you know, it's, uh, it's the duty which comes first. And because you automatically, you know, consider duty, right? You, you, you look at your, you look at performing your own duty. And if everyone thinks of it that way, everyone's rights are automatically maintained Yeah. Uh, as a result of it. And uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Amish, by the way, uh, you know, the writer of Immortals of Meluha and all that. And um, he said, he said something in his, uh, I listened to quite a few podcasts in which he's appeared on. Right. So uh, he once said, you know, we need to bring back um, Indic civilization and Indic thoughts into our education system. And it's something which I am completely for, by the way, because uh, uh, as someone who is a product of the Indian education system, I can tell you 100%, it instills a feeling of inferiority within Indians. All right. It makes us feel that the West is superior. Now, mm -hmm. of course, there are certain things that the West has done, which it has to be credit for, credited for, but that credit cannot be at the expense of not talking about what the ancient cultures of the world have given us. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and the Indic civilization belongs to that category. Uh, because mm -hmm. if you, for example, if you uh, think about what our so-called secular education system does, it, mm -hmm. um, it, it leaves a feeling of that, you know, religion and spirituality and all that is completely hocus pocus. It's, it's a bunch of tamasha. There's nothing to it. Um, mm -hmm. And then the second thing, what it does is it introduces science as a completely Western concept to us. Mm. Okay. It, because if mm. I'm, I'm being honest about this, you know, we start, there, there are lines in our textbooks which say the scientific thinking originated in the so-and-so century. And it is all the medieval times, you know, all the Newtons and the Galileo and all that. No, I'm not discrediting what they have done. Obviously they've done it, but, um, ancient civilizations all across the world have contributed towards it as well. Yeah. Uh, not just in, in India, even in, uh, other civilizations, like, you know, the, in the, in the Mediterranean region, uh, you know, then the Chinese, a lot of us have contributed immensely towards scientific thinking, but, um, due to whitewashing. Uh, it's not been, you know, inculcated in us as a result of which a lot of people look at everything from a completely Westernized aspect, including politics, including politics. So, um, how do you think this can be changed? Because, um, you know, unless education is the root of all society, right? It's the root. You need people to be aware. 
and how and i i strongly feel that you know this inferiority complex in indians has to be wiped away and i'm not i'm not afraid to admit this okay this is a fact i walked into school knowing how mm-hmm. to speak tamil apparently my mom my, my my mom told me this she said i used to be one of the uh, most brilliant speakers of tamil for my age when i walked into school okay mm-hmm. now after i walked out of school i cannot speak tamil at all like i i mean in the sense that i can't speak it to anyone apart from my family members i'm scared mm. i like you know that that sort of thing came into me that i have to speak only in english mm. so now while i can confidently get on any random stage and speak to any random crowd about any random topic confidently in english i cannot even speak to anyone outside my family in tamil even if it's a topic that i am an expert at that's the kind of feeling i've gotten and i've i've been trying to break it but it's hard and and this is strongly due to the, you know the sense i felt in school that only if i speak in english i'm a worthy you know individual or whatever it is Mm-hmm. so what do you think can be done to change this like is there any sort of way up, uh, you know what are the steps we need to take uh, to bring back you know uh, a sense of self esteem in indians through the education system uh, i think you've rightly mentioned uh, the problem with indian education uh, i think evolving through that uh, so the so called social uh, not even social sciences for that matter because most people tend to you know immediately talk about social sciences uh but even uh you know science for example math lot of us talk about pythagoras lot of us talk about the western uh, and the uh, middle east uh, the, the mathematicians from middle uh, uh, from middle east but how many of us actually give enough uh, pont- uh, you know enough credit or how many of not leave alone giving credit how many of the indian students even know about the contributions of indian mathematicians indian scientists how many of them have heard about the contributions of the surgeon sushruta whose works were taken to the west and his entire concept of surgery how that developed in the uh, in the west after taking enough ideas from the east today we talk about western um, you know medicine and we talk uh, and we call ayurveda as an alternative medicine now this very perception that ayurveda is an alternative to western medicine is actually flawed in the very in, in the, the you know in a very the very first step ayurveda is a science in itself it has evolved over centuries of time it has lot of records there is lot of works in india that clearly explain how the system it's an elaborate science but this perception that we immediately get that you know it is an alternative medicine to western science how is it justified so it's immediately like, isn't people, it isn't isn't that like saying you know your own parents are your adopted child it's kind yes, of like yeah. that it's kind of like yeah, that you you know you believe you know you you are accepting a western an imported concept of science medicine and your own uh, text your own uh, science you're you're rejecting and you're seeing it as something an alien concept so this is a very flawed uh, you know it's it's a, it's a it's a problem that we have in a perception level thanks to the indian education system uh, that is not give enough credit to what our civilization the, the glories of our civilization let's not uh, you know glorify something let's not demean something let's speak you know straight facts i think uh, even that is missing in our uh, system which is uh, problematic 
so uh, i think uh, again i feel that there has thanks to social media there has been uh, you know there people have started uh, recognizing that uh, there is a lot of thing that are, things that are missing in our education system that have to be taught um, so that is one thing and uh, it has to start with the home i think from ch- from a, uh, parents will have to take children uh, to um, they'll have to uh, you know to museums to show them uh, what you know this uh, this country has you know uh, country has uh, done uh, over the centuries introduce them to things that uh, normally they are not uh, taught at western uh, you know schools that uh, just you know push western uh, education western model of education system i think it has to primarily start from the homes at uh, uh, to, uh, you know teaching these things to children introduce them to yoga ayurveda maybe not even pra- practicing is secondary but at least let them know what it is so it is uh, it the, the, uh, the, the primary responsibility lies with parents at homes and um, with the education system it's going to be a very long tedious process uh that's going to involve a lot of controversy also which is why uh, uh governments are very uh, reluctant to take that as an issue but uh, it will have to slowly start happening uh, as people start realizing it uh, they'll have to push it uh, and make their uh, officials uh, realize that you know there's more to uh, education than what macaulay has uh, left india i think right. everybody has to do what macaulay uh, once said about uh, you know how breaking the uh, indian uh, macaulay when in, in colonial india he said that if indian civilization if india has to be broken and if uh, we have to rule india the first thing that has to break is the indian um, method of education that is right. the basic thing that has to be broken and how they broke it i think it all has to be made aware uh, through social media through i think they they have to start becoming normal discussions so, right yeah i think they, right you know i normally do not uh, you know praise uh, westerners but i even though it's a sad thing i must say i i am completely in awe that mccauley realized the importance of our system but our own indians didn't i mean our indians still don't many of them and you know that yeah, i'm still i'm still i'm still even though i uh, even though i despise the man for what he did to our civilization you can't help but you know been odd at a westerner recognize the importance of uh you know the entire how our entire civilization just is balanced on that one singular tip of education but indians still don't realize that and you know that they still have that inferiority complex whatever it is because you know again it's the west teaching you how would uh even assuming that the western education system is superior all right let's mm-hmm. assume let's make that assumption indians will still have that inferiority complex because you're learning something that is not yours yes i mean if you if you're going to make if you're going to make yeah. someone who's not even um you know it's it, there's no connection with it towards them so you're going to feel all, you're always going to feel like you're an alien you're always going to feel that sense of inferiority so it's yourself yeah i think one more thing that i have to mention that also you brought it in your question this is language thing See, right. we come from, and then you know we're still talking a language that our colonizers left to us. You know, right. enough research proves that a child who learns uh, stuff, science and math through uh, fundamentals of the science and mathematics through the mother tongue has better understanding of it and performs better in research. In Western countries, um, people hardly talk 
english like in you know when right, right, right. they all to their even china for example they're much much ahead in research but in india we still like you know someone speaks better english is seen as a status symbol we still you know though huh. we are we be colonized from you know we are, maybe we will have a, we have an indian uh, government but our minds are yet to be there's a long long way for our minds to get colonized minds to get decolonized you mean yeah minds Sorry. yeah yeah minds to get yeah minds to get decolonized yeah, yeah that has to happen through education yes right i mean no i i think in english right now i mean i i i think in english and that's that's very difficult for me because i realize um it's i i took sanskrit for you know uh 7 years from 6 to 12th and i realized mm. how many how, how much more you know rich the vocabulary is in you know the indic languages as a whole so there are so mm. many untranslatables and like you said no the more the more the wider your vocabulary is the more you can think because mm. you have more you have more words to express your thoughts in you can't you can't think unless you have a sort of direction to think in right you can't think unless you can put words into your thoughts so i I'm, i'm just like and when you're making kids study in english like i told you you saw what happened to me right right, right now and i mm-hmm. i'm i'm it i'm honestly ashamed of it but i'm not afraid to admit it i can't go and stand on any stage and speak in tamil i can't mm-hmm. i'm 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 so self i i can't even speak to my own friends in tamil that's how self conscious i am but mm. it's only with my family i can speak that's because you know we've been speaking that at my home for quite a while so like mm. you know that's it's it's like a habitual thing and even with my parents i actually speak in english i only speak in tamil to you know my grandparents and all that like even if i do speak in tamil i only speak to them and i i i honestly that's one thing i wish i could change you know the the language yeah. in which i think i think the national education policy uh, you know it's a, it has brought a good uh, measure in that uh, way they have uh, they've introduced this uh, idea that uh, you know um, students uh, till i think middle school uh, can be taught should be taught in their mother tongue i think right. that's a very uh, good step that uh, the national education policy has introduced it's, right. it's a very and, important and you still have opponents to that anyway <laughs> but um, uh okay here's a question i want to ask you now because you are you are from tamil nadu obviously so here's a question and you're a political science student as well Mm-hmm. there's um there's a very uh there's a channel called string reveals okay so uh they came under a lot of controversy or whatever you know they, they came under a lot of this thing for one of the recent videos which is about the farm bills and you know the toolkit and all that but i want to talk about an earlier video of theirs in which they talk about language all right and they say uh, indians are so ready to learn a foreign language like english to impress mm-hmm. people outside india but they aren't ready to learn another indian language to understand their own countrymen in the sense what he meant was if you are from mm-hmm. south india you are reluctant to learn hindi so that you will be able to understand what north indians are talking about and if you are from north india you are reluctant to learn a south indian language mm-hmm. so and he says that this is the biggest problem amongst us that uh, in the name of preserving diversity we aren't mm. actually doing anything about our unity so there isn't any unity in diversity as such so what are your thoughts on this do you think um i'm going to be very frank with you here do you think that there should be that we should recognize one indian language as a national language and make sure that all indians learn that one 
one it can be anything it need not necessarily be hindi but i'm just giving an example do you think there should be one language that has to be singled out and then should all indians learn that i'm asking you this as you are a political science student because under root of politics in any society is unity amongst people and by unity here i don't mean like they all stand as one and vote for only one particular ideology i mean unity in the sense they're able to understand and resonate along the same wavelength and in order for that to happen there has to be one common medium of communication so what do you think do you think that there should be one language that has to be singled out one indian language for that matter not not english one indian language has to be singled out and that all indians should learn uh well i'm not going to make a direct i'm not going to take a direct stance here in uh, today okay it's easy uh but let me just say language is a very uh, sensitive topic as we know uh language is very deeply connected especially if uh, we have seen um that is immediately after india was uh, officially declared a republic it was declared an independent nation was made a republic one of the biggest issues that uh, the first government had to face was uh, language politics like each um, each uh, language uh, speaking people every language speaking people wanted a state for their own uh, it right. was a huge problem uh, andhra pradesh was the first uh, state that uh, you know that they wanted to separate from madras and this was seen as uh, soon riots also spread uh, in many parts of the country uh seeking for a uh, separate state for themselves um well um so language is very deeply connected with politics and somebody who's been in tamil nadu uh, we know for sure that uh, here it's a very toxic politics you know the the the, the politics or language is actually very toxic um not uh, in a, it's, it's more of sensationalism there's more of uh, mere uh, you know uh, emotion and in uh, uh, and not enough of logic so this is again a very big problem because immediately when we talk about language in a discussion it becomes a huge sensation so this is one issue that is there you know when we talk about this but uh, uh, i just want to make a point here i don't know how many of the people uh, know that ambedkar uh, who is uh, actually known uh, as uh, you know he has played a very important role in the making of our constitution uh, he Uh, he was the one who proposed for sanskrit to be our national language i don't know how many indians who speak uh, so much about ambedkar and uh, caste politics actually know about this fact uh, he advocated for sanskrit to be a national language because if we see this is the only language that has a sort of the closest connect to most languages to so every language in the country right hindi uh, again uh, there is a huge problem i personally from my personal uh, view i do not support hindi as a national language uh, so what right. I, so now sanskrit you know it, it it cannot be because it's already too much controversy we can it can never be imagined as a national language so way forward will be that you know every regional language has to be uh, uh, you know uh, protected uh, uh, you know it has to be protected it has to be developed uh and uh, so this is the way forward but this toxic politics unfortunately since it uh, it 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 serves as uh, you know some bread and butter for political parties it's going to stay but uh-huh. uh, yeah but i think uh, i don't really see this hindi as a national language as as a solution uh because um, it's really not the language that can unite us 
Um, so again, right. I'm going to take a direct stance here, uh, but I would uh, leave it here. Yes. Right. Okay. This is one of my final questions to you now. Um, being a student of political science, all right, you are from the humanities field. Um, if if I'm being frank, I don't want to mince words or whatever. It's very difficult to be a teacher, and a very it's very difficult to be and it's and it's and it's uh, sorry to be a student in that field. To be honest, I, for want of a better word, I don't know if I expressed that clearly, and I'll tell you why. Um, this is from personal experience, of course. In school, we have had social studies. right mm. so mm. thankfully i had good teachers so mm. you know they used to give facts sometimes they used to debunk the very textbook itself mm. and tell us that you know this is not this is not the entire story here is what happened also but obviously they used to tell us you know write words down in the textbook so that you get marks that's there obviously we can't do anything about that um but at you know a higher level or whatever it is especially in universities where there's no centralized curriculum where each university can teach what it wants it's very difficult to separate personal from professional in the sense that you know whatever a professor when a professor is teaching it is because i'm i'm going to be honest even i will find it difficult if i was a professor okay i may find it very difficult to separate whatever i believe in from what i'm teaching my students i will obviously have some sort of bias when it comes to teaching if maybe it may be very minute but the bias will still be there so when you're a student of that particular you know subject because I, as a math student i can't relate to this because you know my my professor can't come and tell me hey this theorem is more important than that theorem uh, or you know this that theorem is absolute you know whatever they whatever the theorem says is absolute absolutely wrong it's immoral it's fascist it can't go around saying words like this uh, but when it comes to uh, subjective fields like you know the humanities this is it's very easy for it to happen it's very easy for these things to go by unnoticed so how do you see the future of the humanities education in our country and how do you, what do you think of the current system as well do you do you think that do you think that there's a do you think that this is i may be overestimating how much it's happening or am i underestimating it or am i kind of correct about it uh well um so yes as you rightly mentioned uh so science and math you can actually you have an answer to everything right so there's a, there's no question with an answer it either has to be true or false it can be proven but the thing with uh, humanities is nothing can be you know uh, there's no uh, one answer to any question or statement or there's you know certain statements can be held true by one fraction and can be uh, held false by another fraction so this is really a very subjective field uh, so there needs to be more uh, uh, so of course i do understand that uh, this is for a professor it's going to be a hard field uh, to teach because they'll have to keep their biases outside but which is very difficult um so i think uh, so in regarding the subject Uh, there is actually a common thing that they'll also they'll all have to follow. Uh, there is some standard that they keep, but they have to follow. They can't uh, randomly choose. Uh, uh, they can't randomly choose topics. They have certain guidelines. They have certain uh, benchmarks that are set by universities that will have to be followed across uh, for uh, for uh, for a particular subject. Since I do political science, there are certain things that will have to be uh, taken as guidelines. 
so i think uh, this is a field uh, where students see, uh, in, in school it's not the case when you take a higher uh, degree when you go for higher degrees you come with a certain passion for the subject so when there is this passion when there is this underlying passion in a student who takes the field i think the student also should be uh, passionate enough to go through long researches to go through to should be willing to delve deeper into the subject and uh, analyze every statement that has been made so even every professor even who teaches uh, the course used to say that you know you can also contest my statement the only if it's going to be a fact uh, let's say they're going to teach you something from a historical perspective then you cannot of course contest it but when there are issues being uh, debated in class of course you can put forward your view so always is room for that and for you to put forward your view of course you need to have done your homework your research so this is a feel like that there is a lot of difference in how classrooms function uh, uh between a science classroom and a humanities classroom so there is room for uh, there there is there should be room for space and discussion uh that is very important uh and um i think there uh, also as i think i should also link this to the previous question about uh, you know making uh, so indian uh, indian thought systems on um, political philosophy like you know arthashastra should be taught um, there are a lot of indian uh, political philosophers who have contributed so much i think that is the problem today that we they don't really take that and even from his, because history is very important in political science i think even that should be made a uh, little more we need to bring other sides of history also should be uh, should be brought Uh, to students that and of course the political philosophers from uh, from uh, from our country who contributed should be taught so these things will make a big change but uh, i think it's also a very important thing that uh, passionate students keep their passion um, go uh, you know keep their passion we uh, uh, have to keep up their passion and will uh, have to keep that as a driving force to undertake long research and delve deeper and analyze and discuss debate and make the classroom interesting so this would be my statement right um here's here's my final question to you now um what is your advice to youngsters out there who are coming in because they are, it's it's not their fault that they are coming into a world where social media and you know other voices are constantly telling them how they should be thinking so you and me obviously we are lucky enough to be in the generation that probably the last generation or the last few you know age group of people who had the opportunity to read and get their information from rather than you know scroll through it in the sense um what is your advice to them because you're a, i'm a math student i i fairly you know i'm i'm what i'm studying isn't probably going to be affected by all of this uh but given what you're studying it's 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 impacting even people who are not even in the field like me so what is your advice to these you know next generation kids or whatever uh well i think i am not in uh, i'm not old enough or i'm not experienced enough to advise but based on what uh, i have observed and i have personally experienced uh from that i can give my uh, i can give certain i can give my suggestions it's only going to be suggestions not advice Okay. uh there is no alternative to long readings you have to read a book this you cannot replace it with anything uh because i have personally experienced this 
uh, when I go for any discussion, when when I look at any issue from just uh, you know after just reading a news article or listening to a YouTube video, my understanding of that is going to be very very subjective. It's going to be uh, the facts are going to be from a particular uh, point of view. I right. I, I don't know uh, how uh, exactly to put this, but uh, it's going to be from a particular perspective alone. What uh, you know, but when you go for longer readings, when you read multiple books on this, uh, you you get to see a lot of perspectives. So there is no alternative to long readings. It will take time, but it should be seen as a uh, it should be experienced and uh, undergone as an enjoyable process and not as a very hard uh, sort of you know uh, uh, hard sort of yeah. So that is very important, and I think that's my personal experience. And uh, listen to engage with people from various uh, fields, from various thought processes. Do not right. just constrain yourself to a particular, you know, because you might agree with certain people. Just don't uh, think, okay, I'll just end my conversation. I'll start a discussion. Have discussions with various people, especially have discussions with people who disagree with you. Personally, for me, this has been a very, very important learning process earlier i used to be this person who could never think uh, about you know who never uh, used to talk with interact with people who disagree with me but now most of my conversations with such people i see from where so where am i different from this person look from that perspective this is another very important thing have discussions from people not just from your field uh, have discuss say for example you're from um, uh, biology or stream you're doing your biology stream have discussions with people from physics field from political science from history uh, and have discussions on you know uh, interlink various fields and see how interesting um, you can come up with interesting facts and uh, see what you can learn from people have a lot of discussions meet uh, people meet, uh, go to different places learn keep learning every moment of your life so this has been my uh, humble uh, uh, learning uh, after making so many mistakes. I've also made a lot of mistakes in the past. I've gone to discussions um, without having us, but I've seen how there's always, you know, it makes a difference when you go for a discussion after meeting a lot of people, after reading a lot of stuff. It makes a lot of difference. So this this is purely my suggestion from my own experience. Yes. Right. Wow. Thank you so much for that, Shruti. I mean, it's been... It's been amazing to have you here. I'm not joking. I learned a lot personally. I, I thought I have thought about a couple of things slightly different from the way you have spoken about them. And this has made me think about these things again, like while I'm sitting here, while you're giving answers, my mind in the background, it's running through several things that you've said, hopefully, uh, hopefully I can have you on the show again later on at some point. I'm not, I'm not joking about this. I sincerely think we have a lot to talk about and I'm pretty sure definitely the listeners out there would have enjoyed this so thank you so much for being here uh, i mean it's been it's been a pleasure really uh, thank you harris first of all for uh, inviting me and it's, uh, i really loved uh, the, 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 this conversation that we had very very interesting intriguing uh, questions that made me think uh, I, I mean really uh, it made me uh, think a bit uh, more than what i usually used to so very interesting <laughs> questions keep up the good job that you're doing uh happy to see you doing this taking effort 
this is really inspiring. Hope uh, many people watch this and uh, watch your works, and they get inspired. You inspire, uh, uh, you inspire many more people. So hats off to you. And yeah. yes, of course, we can have more discussions. Looking yeah. forward. Thank you so much, Shruti.